Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi, everybody. I'm Fran Spielman. With me is someone who is returning to the scene of the crime, I would say, because <laughs> Alderman Anthony Beal, it was your appearance on this show declaring your opposition to Scott Wagesbeck and mm -hmm. the mayor's choice of him as finance chairman that got you in trouble with her. Right. What happened after that? Because you were a backer of hers, right? Right. I was one of the very first uh, people in the city council that supported the mayor. Um, and, you know, was on the front line, you know, helping her get elected. And, uh, you know, and I just tried to warn her on the reputation and, um, you know, the tactics that um, the alderman um, did over the years that I've been there and worked with him. And I didn't think that was the kind of culture that we wanted to cultivate in the city council as far as working together and moving forward. And so, um, you know, about me speaking out on that particular issue is, um, you know, cost me a little bit. It cost you your chairmanship. Mm -hmm. You were the transportation committee chairman. You were the police chairman before that. You're mm -hmm. a 20-year veteran, mm -hmm. and you're out. You well, were left out of the leadership team. Mm -hmm. What happened behind the scenes after your appearance here? Well, uh, there's just been no com no communication whatsoever. Um, you know, I've extended the olive branch a few times uh, to try to bridge the communication gap in order to move things forward, and there's just not a will to work with me. Did you write a letter? Did you call her? Did you, what happened after the Well, appearance? we, we, we um, you know, I wrote a letter, um, you know, saying, hey, you know, let bygones be bygones. You know, you have a right to choose your leadership team, even though it's the responsibility of the council to do it. Uh, the council allowed her to choose her leadership team. And, you know, I accepted that. Uh, and we're going to move forward. I'm going to continue to work to improve my ward and nothing is going to stop me from bringing jobs and opportunities into my community to fight for better education in my community, um, to improve the public safety in my community and the housing stock. All those things I'm still going to be working on. And because I'm not on a leadership team does not necessarily mean that that's going to stop anything. So she never yelled at you and said, how dare you say those things? She just froze you out? Well, you know, there was a subtle, you know, hey, you need to pull back. You know, we're going to uh, we're going in a different direction, so to speak. And did she say that? To no, you, or did no, someone no. Deliver it was it, it was it was, uh, you know, people who were just saying that, um, you know, that things weren't going um, like I thought they should. And, and that's fine. You know, we're going to move forward. And that's, uh, you know, again, all the opportunities that I've been able to bring into my community and, you know, my community is standing behind me a thousand percent because they know where my heart and dedication is. And we're going to continue to just move forward. So you've had zero conversation with her since you had the nerve to speak out Absolutely. against Wagesback? Absolutely. Nothing. None. Nothing. None whatsoever. When you pass her in the hall, what happens? Well, I speak. Uh, you know, I address Do you say her. good morning? I say good morning. How and, you doing, Your Honor? And, and what does she say? Uh, well, it's cordial. You know, she says, hello, good morning, or, you know, alderman. But that's it. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Mm -hmm. And nothing else. All right. So let's fast forward to this week mm -hmm. at the city council meeting. Mm -hmm. You and Ray Lopez 
deferred and published, which is the legislative term for the parliamentary term for ex exercising the right of any two aldermen mm -hmm. to delay anything for any reason for one meeting. Absolutely. So you took some guy who's a ZBA appointee, a mm -hmm. Zoning Board of Appeals appointee of hers, Mr. Ruddick, mm -hmm. and you uh, you delayed that. You sent her a message. Mm -hmm. Why? Well, it, it wasn't sending her a message. What it was is this gentleman doing his testimony for confirmation stated that, um, you know, I asked him how he felt about automatic prerogative. And he stated that the alderman's voice was just like every other voice in the community. And and I just took exception to that uh, because we are elected by our constituents. We have over 60,000 people in our communities that, you know, depend on us to be their voice in the city council and uh, and throughout government. And so to minimize that, it was just extremely alarming to me that anybody would have the gumption to say that, you know, the aldermen, um, you know, don't have the voice of their community. And then Ray Lopez tried to force an immediate vote on his ordinance that would ban all vaping products as opposed to just the flavored ones as mm -hmm. the mayor wants. Mm -hmm. And she slapped him down, too. Mm -hmm. Well, let me just say, you know, I think we should have taken a bold approach on the whole vaping and e-cigarette issue. Uh, it is a national crisis right now. Everybody's talking about it. Uh, we know that it is a health issue. It's killing people. It's sending people to the hospital. And we don't know exactly what this is doing, what's causing it. And so until we find that out, there should have been an immediate ban. We should have taken immediate action in the city council to try to ban it until we find out what it is that's harming people. And why do you suppose she opposed it? Because she pride of authorship or well, what? Well, you would have to ask her. I can't speak for her. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I felt that uh, we should have taken a bold approach. And, you know, any other mayor would have taken a bold approach and, and, and you know, said that we need to stop it. They're trying. They're talking about it on a national level. They're talking about it in Springfield because we don't know. And the, our kids are using these e-cigarettes and, and they're vaping. We need to stop it because it's, it's an epidemic that's going across the country. So she then at a press conference dismissed both of you, mm -hmm. said, said Lopez is her most outspoken critic. She's called him a water boy for Ed Burke. Mm -hmm. And you, you're the sour grapes guy who was ousted from leadership mm -hmm. and you're upset about that. You're getting even. And this is a political stunt and that the two of you are trying to do a backdoor mm -hmm. to aldermanic, to restore aldermanic prerogative mm -hmm. by asking her appointees to swear a loyalty oath mm -hmm. to you. Well, I, I, that's nonsense, Fran. Anybody who would think that we are trying to get people to have allegiance to us. We have a rep we have a responsibility to represent our community. I am elected just like 49 other aldermen in this city to represent their community. We are the voice of our community. We are the ones that are supposed to make sure that, you know, whatever issue is hurting our community or, you know, where we can help our community. That's what we're there for. And to totally dismiss that is wrong. It's, it is wrong to dismiss an elected official who was elected by the voice of their people and to minimize their voice as far as what their community needs and wants are. It's just wrong. So what's wrong with her dealings with the council? And is there more discontent brewing than just the two of oh, you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, we, you know, I talked to all of my colleagues in passing and, and everybody is frustrated. Everybody is frustrated. But are they um, speaking up? No, they're not. But yes, I do believe that people are really getting frustrated on how this, um, how the city is being governed right now, because Nobody downtown knows my community like me. Nobody knows our communities like the aldermen. And to dismiss that is wrong. So, you know, we have to fight for our voice. 
And that's what I'm fighting for. I'm not fighting against the mayor. I'm fighting for our voice in city government because our people elected me to have that voice and nobody's going to minimize it. When you say everybody's frustrated, what is everybody frustrated about and what Mm -hmm. are they saying amongst themselves? Well, the fact that, uh, you know, what I just articulated, you know, the fact that you can't call and somebody stole somebody's garbage cart. You know, we have people doing construction all the time and they take garbage carts, fill them up and, and take them. Well, if I can't call and get Miss Jones a new garbage cart without having them report back to the, uh, the the commissioner or the mayor's office, is is you know that's wrong. If somebody's lights are out because they're afraid that there may have just been a a robbery in that area or there's uh, breaking in garages in a particular area, but the lights are out and I can't call to get those lights back on. If I can't do the minimal things for the quality of life in my community, what good are we? What good are we as, as elected official and alderman if we can't do the small things to help the quality of life in our community? So you're saying she's trying to neuter the city council to the point where they might as well not exist? Well, the path that we're going, you know, we don't need aldermen. You know, the way things are happening, we don't need aldermen because everything is being directed to the departments. Everything's being directed to the city. The departments can't handle and they don't know what's going on out in our community. They don't know what's the um, um, what we need in our community. No commissioner knows the entire um, city of Chicago. They rely on us to be that voice. So if we are not that voice, those those commissioners are going to do what they think that is best in, in interest of the city. But it's not. It could be harmful our, to, to our community. And if something is coming into my community that's going to be harmful, my community doesn't want it. But a commissioner downtown says, well, we're going to do that. Then the people are going to say, well, you know what? What good is my alderman? Why did I elect you to represent us if you can't control what is coming in and out of our community? So she's already gone after aldermanic prerogative over licensing and permitting. You say Mm -hmm. she's gone too far in taking away all manner of Mm -hmm. little city services services from (laughs) you, even though we have 311. Mm -hmm. And she hasn't even gone after zoning. That will require a city council vote. What's going to happen when that comes up for a vote? Well, I I can assure you, if any, see, the thing is, the first step was to go to the Zoning Board of Appeals. That is uh, a roundabout way to try to nip at zoning. And so once that happens, if if there is the any attempt to go after zoning, I guarantee you there will be the biggest wall that they will hit because no alderman is going to give up that that amount of uh, authority. So is there a larger city council rebellion brewing? I have seen and covered Mm -hmm. so many mayors. I've seen rebellions before. Mm -hmm. This is how it starts. Mm -hmm. Is there one brewing here? Well, the thing is, I hope not. But if things continue to go in the manner that they're going with a total disregard of you know, our voice in, in city government, our voice in our community, then it's going to continue to percolate. I'm hoping that it doesn't happen. I'm hoping that the olive branch is extended. I'm willing to work with the mayor. I'm not opposed to everything the mayor is doing. I want to work with the mayor for the betterment of this city. It's, it's in the best interest of our communities that we work together. So nobody wants a, a war. Nobody wants a fight. We want to work together. And so, you know, I'm more than willing any given day. The mayor calls me. I will drop whatever I'm doing to meet with her to do what's in the best interest of, of this city. But my voice is never going to be silent. Yeah, your voice is now calling a rallying cry for your colleagues. Here, you write an op-ed in our paper today, and you say, Mayor Lightfoot may imply that there's some nefarious motive to the opposition to our ideas, but that is fantasy. You say you're just representing 
the, the communities that right. you are elected to serve. And you say also that the idea of doing this in the name of corruption is also a fallacy, mm-hmm. fallacy because only 5% mm-hmm. of the aldermen who have served since the 1930s have mm-hmm. gone to the slammer. Absolutely. I mean, but, I mean, that's at the record. You can't deny. No, I'm not denying that. That, 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 that has been automatic prerogative has been mm-hmm. and is mm-hmm. at the center of the Burke indictment mm-hmm. and everything else. So well, she's saying, mm-hmm. I was elected to change that. I was elected to reform it. Well, again, I don't think those were the terminologies that were uh, articulated during the campaign. Um, it was, I'm going to clean up corruption. I'm going to clean up city government, but nothing w- alluded to, I'm going to make sure the aldermen can't do anything in their ward. That was never articulated. But I agree, something needed to be done. And I made recommendations before this whole thing was rolled out on some ideas on what could be done. What now, were the they? thing is, if, if a permit is denied, then that should be a red flag for the department to say, okay, Alderman, why are you denying? Why are you holding up this permit? Why are you holding up this license? Flag that, but don't stop the day-to-day operation that's going, that's, that's going to basically slow our communities from growing um, because I'm, I've been growing a lot of uh, jobs and opportunities in my community. So we're moving forward. If something is denied, flag that and go after that to find out why that's being held up. Because if it's being held up for you know, financial reasons, it's been held up for somebody, a job or something like that, then that's a red flag and that needs to be attacked. But don't just throw everything out because you, you just don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. So she went too <coughs> far. She attacked it with a sledgehammer. Mm-hmm. And in the process, is destroying her relationship with the council? Well, the thing is, I'm hoping that we can move forward. Um, you know, any relationship can be repaired with a How conversation. How she repair this? With a conversation. Let's find with out who? What, with with all of us to Let's say what out, to say. Look, you're her. What do you do? I, I would reach out and, and meet with every alderman and find out exactly what your issues are. How can I help you with those issues? How can I help you in your ward? Uh, if your ward is lacking in jobs. OK, how can I help you with jobs in your community? If you're having public safety issues with the police, how can I help you with those issues? If you have a housing crisis, how can what I help makes you, with you think she's not doing well, that? Beca- because there's no dialogue. There's no conversation. There's just, you know, we're going to do these things without our input. And All the men are just in the blind right now? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, Rahm Emanuel worked the city council. Mm-hmm. He got lopsided votes because he worked at it. Mm-hmm. He really had the back of these aldermen. What, how would you compare the two of them in their dealings well, with you the can't, council? Well, you, you can't compare the two because, uh, again, uh, Rahm was uh, a political beast. Okay, he loved the game, uh, and he, it, you stated, he worked the council. He talked to everybody. He, you know, learned your issues. He was, he was trying to get familiar with every community group, every issue in the community, but he did not circumvent the alderman. He went through the alderman to, to accomplish those things. Now there's a, just an attempt to circumvent and not deal with the alderman on what's in the best interest of our communities. So what lessons should she learn from Rahm Emanuel? Well, again, communication. Um, you know, we're all sincere about our community and I'm sure she's, you know, is sincere about the government uh, of the city of Chicago. I'm, there's no doubt that, you know, there is a genuine opportunity for us to work together, but we, we have to do that. We have to work together if the city is going to grow. So I don't want anybody to think that I'm just, you know, against the mayor because I'm not. I want to work with the mayor. There are issues that, you know, we can work together on to make this city a better place, but we have to 
have dialogue in order to find out where their common interests are so we can move forward. Now, there's an $838 million deficit, or so she says. Mm -hmm. Do you believe that, or do you think she inflated it? Well, I believe that it was uh, inflated. Um, and because for what purpose? Well, I, you know, you'd have to ask her. I believe it was inflated, um, you know, because it's it's just amazing that uh, you know within three months we can have a what one hundred and eighty million dollar uh, decrease in the deficit. She in just claims a few months. she walked into a billion, <laughs> a billion dollar deficit. Well, I would like to know now how we back. decreased it to uh, eight hundred thirty eight. I would love to know. You know, how we just decreased almost $170 million. Do you think that's a fantasy? Well, again, I don't know. We're going to find out during the budget process. Okay. So you doubt that it's 838. What do you think it is? Well, no, I'm not doubting the 838. I think it was inflated to decrease it to oh. appear that it was something that it was not. I see. So, so she could look good? I, you have to ask her. I don't know. So what happens? First of all, can she avoid a property tax increase? Uh, in this climate, no. Based on what the state came out with yesterday, um, you know, the state came out and said that they're looking at consolidating pensions throughout the entire state, excluding Chicago. That was a huge blow to the city of Chicago. The fact that we don't have a casino in the works yet. You know, you, you know, I mean, she needs a fix. She needs she needs a fix. And, you know, I've had two casino operators come to my ward and they love the site that's in my ward for a casino. And so, you know, I presented that and it was not even mentioned in the first five that were rolled out. But if Where I Where is that? It's off 103rd in Woodlawn. Uh -huh. It's vacant land. It's ready to go, shovel ready. And we can move expeditiously in order to get a casino up and going in the, in the, in the ninth ward. Even with this tax structure? Well, the, the tax structure still would have to change. And I was working, um, basically against the tax structure that was in place. I mean, I called Madigan, I talked, called Bob Rita and, and, you know, the same structure that was approved was the same structure that Rahm Emanuel turned down. And it was the same structure that Mayor Daley turned down. And so we knew the formula would not work. And so, uh, the formula that would work and the only formula that would work, in my opinion, is a city owned casino. So I think what the city needs to do right now is to RFP the whole casino license. And then award it to someone through that RFP and then go to Springfield with an operator and say, here we are. I have an operator. This is the formula that we need. Don't just go down there and say, you know, we need a fix. Go down there with what the fix needs to be. This is what we need to do in order to make this work. You're saying choose an operator for what site? For whatever site they choose. Whatever site. So you think an, an operator is going to sign up for whatever site the city has to choose? No, 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 no. If you, if you, if you choose an operator. Yeah. Let that operator find out where the best site is. Look, we don't know what's, you know, when, when we look at statistics, we look at data, we look at all the different things to find out where we can maximize our resources. One thing that the governor said, the governor stated that the casino is not just about revenue. The governor said that. So therefore, even though we want to maximize the revenue, but it's about transforming communities. That's what the governor put that casino bill. He wants it to transform a community. He wants to make sure that our community has an opportunity to grow by having that casino, bring those jobs into the area. What I'm proposing is over 5,000 jobs on my site because we're talking about a hotel. We're talking about a ballroom, convention center, along with the casino. So we have an opportunity to do a comprehensive, massive plan and, you know, that's what needs to happen. We need to RFP it, go to Springfield and say we have an operator, we have uh, a site or let them pick the site and then go to the gaming board and go to the state legislator and say this is what we need.
And you think she ignored your site just to get even with you again? You would have to ask her. I can't answer that. But do you think that's a matter of Well, spite? again, I, I think I have a gorgeous site. I think it's um, anytime you have um, two hotel, uh, I'm sorry, two casino operators who said that they like my site and it's a wonderful site. Uh, and, you know, and then you got other sites where the Alderman is like, you're not bringing it here, but I'm saying bring it on. You know, I got a perfect uh, scenario for but you. The, but the consultant says it's got to be downtown. It's got to be where the tourists well, are and the that conventioneers is, are. That consultant was was paid to see where you can maximize the resources, maximize Isn't revenue. Isn't that what we should do for but police and fire pensions? What, that is not what the governor is stating. The governor said it's not all about revenue. Okay, it has to be comprehensive. It has to be more about just revenue. It's got to be about jobs, opportunity, transforming a community. A community that has been hit hard by, you know, disinvestment. And so that's why it, it has to be more than just about money. So you're saying, though, that she's going to have no choice but to raise property taxes by how much? Well, uh, you know, what I see, um, you know, and again, I'm just speculating because, I, you know, we don't have a budget yet. We don't know what the, the data state. But I'm thinking between maybe four to five hundred million. Really? Yeah. What will happen? And, and could she get the votes for that? Uh, well, we'll see. You don't think so. You're smiling. I see you're smiling. <laughs> we'll see. You're like a Cheshire cat. Well, it's going to be tough. Let me just say that. She Because of the way she's handled the council or because it's just too tough, period? Well, you know, some of the reforms that have been put in place, I think, have already escalated um, some of our deficit. Um, you know, some of the uh, you, you wrote an article a couple of weeks ago uh, that the whole ticket reform cost us $15 million. And so that's going to cost us. We know that the suburban areas owe the city millions of dollars in water. Are we collecting that money? That's money that we're, the taxpayer- We're going in the other direction. We're not going to shut off well, water. But, we're going to be- But if you do not collect the water fees that are outside the city of Chicago, now I understand the mayor's trying to uh, you know, help you know, low-income people, and, and I applaud her for that. We agree with that 100%. But there's millions of dollars outside the city where these municipalities owe the city of Chicago. They're getting their water from us. They're collecting. They're turning their people's water off, but they're not passing the money back to us. And they're not paying us. They're using it for their bottom line. So something needs to be done about that. So you're saying she's exacerbating the deficit. Well, I think that some of the reforms are costing us a little more money. The water part, too? Um, there's part of the water that um, could potentially be raising uh, the deficit. Absolutely. So you're saying she's going to have to raise property taxes by four or five hundred million, as Rom Rom did five hundred eighty-eight million. Mm -hmm. Alderman walked the plank for him. Mm -hmm. well, not going to walk the plank for her. Well, you know, the mayor worked it, as we stated earlier. He worked it. He communicated with everyone. He talked to everyone, and uh, you know, he, he let them know the importance of it. You have to communicate. You have to communicate. You have to communicate. And because she has not, what's going to happen when the budget well, there's no, comes? Well, if, if there's no communication, if there's no dialogue, I don't see how you get the votes to pass a budget. So what's going to happen then? Well, we'll see. I mean, we're, we're getting into budget season. I'm hoping that, uh, you know, the ship is turned around. I'm hoping that the dialogue um, takes place. I'm hoping that we can all work together. But if it doesn't, then, I, you know, we could have potential problems. And we won't have a budget? Well, Are we we'll, going to be like Congress? <laughs> we'll see. We'll do, do, you, do you think that could happen? Well, anything can happen. Anything can happen. Uh, you know, right now we're looking at a strike from CTU in a, in a couple of weeks if uh, if they don't get a contract. How do you think she's dealing with that? Well, you know, well, let me just say the state changed the formula and the city of Chicago got millions of more dollars for education. 
That money is not being passed down to the classroom sizes. We need to make sure that we have nurses, we have counselors, we can reduce some of the classrooms. That formula is the state formula is not being implemented in the city of Chicago. So she has a plan to phase in some, mm-hmm. you know. Well, but the money is there. The state gave the city the money to change how we operate and how things are done, how money is allocated. The state did their part. So I think we need to do our part by saying. You know, Writing it into the contract. It, it needs to be wrote into the contract. because Why? That, why not? Every other municipality does it. They, they are abiding by the state guidelines. So why are we different than the rest of the state? The state gave us more money anticipating that we were going to do the right thing by the state guidelines. And we're not doing that right now. So you think she should write it into the contract? And if she doesn't, there's going to be a teacher strike? Well, I, you know, I, I hope it's not a teacher strike because our kids need to be in school. Our kids need to be learning. They uh, and, you know, they need every minute of every hour, um, you know, to get a quality education. And so I'm hoping that it is averted. But at the same time, you know, I, I can understand and I can sympathize that if we give you more money. I'm saying we, the state gives you more money and then you don't do what the state is telling you to do. That's I think that's an issue. And with regard to marijuana sales, is she wrong to exempt downtown? Oh, absolutely. We're going to lose out on tens of millions of dollars by excluding downtown. Downtown would be, in my opinion, the huge it will be the hub of resources as far as what we can, um, you know, squeeze out of, you know, the marijuana industry. It's um, the mother load. It's, it's the mother load. And we're going to exclude the mother load when we have an $838 million deficit. I think it needs to be included. Well, you're painting a rather dire picture <laughs> of where we're going as a city. And I, we might no, end up I, you know, with Congress with no budget. Well, I'm hoping that. I'm really optimistic. And, and you know, I'm going to continue to fight because I've fought my entire career and I, I will never stop fighting for my community. Uh, but, it, you know, I mean, I have been around for a little while and I think I can see, you know, how things are shaping and how things are moving forward and listening to people. And I'm just hoping that we can, um, you know, kind of right the wrongs in order to get this city on the right track. Are you getting calls because of this from um, your Colleagues, what's been I've, I've, gotten, I've got a few this morning. And what do they say? Saying, you crazy? I, they say I was right on point and great article. And they, they are giving you attaboys. There, a few of them have called and said that was a great article. How and, many? Well, I'm not going to get into the number. but Do I've, you have 26? <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Beal, thank you for joining thank you. us. Appreciate and it. And we'll see you all next week.